Hello, welcome everyone. So it's the start of the year and we are doing the annual State of the Apps, which we do at some point throughout the year. I figured January was a good point because it's an interesting time. Now, obviously, we're not talking directly about fetish this time, more about like the community around it and how technology is affecting it. And we are affecting technology. So a little something outside our normal wheelhouse, and I hope we don't get too sort of inside a baseball with it. We're all tech heads, so I hope people not into that can still understand it. I think we did a decent job. So before we begin, I have to thank our patrons, of course. Adam in NYC, Southern Suter, Hillary, Ochnerb, Banjo Stewie, Adam F, Brian C, and Harry Hypnotist. Please know, you are Daddy's favourites. If you'd like to help support the show, uh, please go to Patreon forward slash Kinky Boys Pod. And for the rest of you, I hope you enjoyed this show. Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Kinky Boys Podcast. We're recording on January 1st, so it's New Year's. So we're going to do a bit of an annual tradition and recap State of the Apps for Kinky People. Joining me, we have Buster and Arza. Hey, guys. Hello. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. So, yeah. So we've done this several times before, and it's sort of become an annual tradition. We're going to review the sort of the state of the apps. This is both sort of dating apps, but also like Twitter, social media, that sort of thing. Because it's been a very interesting year for that in particular. <laughs> I feel like Cassandra at mm-hmm. last. <laughs> People have started actually noticing that Twitter is a shithole. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Troy is falling too slowly for me. I want to see Meta get, you know, pasted along with X. But right now they're they're joining the Fediverse. So what's that about? That's like the ultimate wolf in sheep's clothing. Let's come back to yeah. Fae. <laughs> let's talk about that later. Otherwise, we'll scare people off. So let's talk about apps first. And I think we have to have a disclaimer up here because the kink world is basically a very small, big village as I've heard it described. We kind of know people who do it. We like we know and have worked with the guys who run the Recon app. We know the guys who do the Switched app. So we have personal connections and biases, so putting that all out there now. Arza, I believe you're fairly neutral. You don't have any connections, do you? Or No, <laughs> no not to any of those companies, no. Yeah. I think I know someone who might have worked for Manhunt way back in the day, and it has been so long. A, most people on the podcast are going, what's Manhunt? And two, I can't remember who it was. This was back in my Technology Square days back in Massachusetts. I remember when Daddy Hunter brought out their own app, and I think it was called Mr., and it integrated with, like, the profile, but it was almost like a completely separate app. I love the idea of, like, adult apps integrating because it calls together so many great lurid images. Screws going into bolts, eggplants into bagels. You know, you name it. 
Uh, uh, just the idea of integration, where it's just sort of like, would you like to connect your Facebook profile to your recon profile? Would you like? To, <laughs> would you like when you go to Pornhub and it's got a share on Facebook button? Do you guys oh, hear yeah. about the Plex Media Server thing? Go on. No, and I'd love to hear about it because I use Plex. Oh, so Plex, for those that don't know, is a sort of self-hosted media server but it has like cloud capabilities which is how they make their money that's their business model one of the features they rolled out is your friends are watching (laughs) this i do know yes and because you know it's a home server you can put whatever you want on there people also have their porn collections on there so suddenly plex was emailing all their friends going hey this guy is watching big tittied babes five or in my case, because I do use Plex for porn and I have an adult folder, it would be like Raging Stallion presents. Yeah. So I, I'm fortunate in that I only have perverts <laughs> on my friends list for Plex. So they would probably be like, hey, can I get that file? Is this gonna... yeah. But yeah, I can see that going out to, to friends and family of people who are foolish enough to put blood relations on their bootleg video catalog. Yeah, and it... But it is that thing of their excuses. Well, people can opt out, and it's like privacy should not be an opt out feature. Like, you should never be yeah. automatically opted in to anything like that. And they're trying to use gamification on it, too, because I have Plex, and recently it's been like if I say buy a new folks on the, on the show may or may not know this, like the Mads are back or MST3K, some file and upload it to my media server because it's not DRM'd and I've purchased it, there's a little icon next to it that says, be the first of your friends to watch this. So they're also like trying to push people to watch new content intentionally to trigger that sharing thing, I think for discovery. But the idea of like having, you know, Bear Films presents Bear Ruckus, be the first of your friends to watch this. I'd be like, A, no, I'm not. And B, not their business. So I feel like it's kind of hitting a pinnacle of like a deregulated tech sense because governments have been really unwilling to put down some rules because nobody wants to appear to be like not super young and tech friendly and like it's actually the young people that hate social media more than the old people. It's actually like that. But this, uh, yeah, this idea of having kind of integration and having these kind of new systems and it's kind of like move fast and break stuff which is great for technology when you're prototyping it's not so good when you're rolling out something that defines society like the the Tesla Cybertruck that was involved in its first (laughs) accident that completely squished another vehicle but because it doesn't have any crumple zones the only person injured in that was the driver of the Cybertruck, who was severely injured. Do you see about the ambulance and the self-driving prototype? No. I don't know which company. It was either Lyft, Uber, or Tesla, where there was, it was one of the self-driving prototypes going around San Francisco. It got stuck right before an ambulance, which was needing to pull away because they had an active patient inside. And they... Mm were only able to get it to move basically by for 10 minutes banging on the window 
until a service operator noticed and remotely controlled the car to move out the way. It, yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I keep thinking of Total Recall and the Johnny Cab. The Johnny Cab wasn't even a good idea in that movie. As you may or may not recall from Total Recall, it explodes and laughs while it explodes. I think we're like yeah. one tiny little kitten whisker from that. Company. I mean, it is that joke that keeps going around the internet of all these tech billionaire companies like, we have finally made the Torment Nexus as famous from that sci-fi novel. Do not build the Torment Nexus. <laughs> Yeah, you know, so, there's a joke that goes around that was like, don't complain, you don't have flying cars. Your generation was promised a cyberpunk dystopia. Yeah. And here you go. So talking of cyber cyberpunk dystopia, should we talk about Twitter? Yes. Oh. <laughs> Torment <laughs> Nexus, cyberpunk I, dystopia. Yeah. I think you meant Twix um, or Zitter. No, no, it's um, Twitter. Uh, no, no, it's Shitter. It's shitter. (laughs) And who would have thought? I mean, Craig and I's first episode together, we were talking about... I think we did State of the Apps for the first time. And we talked about how it might not be a great idea to have the entire kink scene completely dependent on the whims of one private company who were umming and erring about whether to allow kink on the platform. And now they allow kink on the platform... But also Nazis. Yes. Well, you know, they've got a lot of other issues going on beyond even that. Right now in America, I mean, Elon, Elon Musk is, is incredibly in court over Twitter. Mm-hmm. Like, Elon cannot help himself. It's like there's some sort of a devil child you know, that just opens his mouth and screams from the inside the stupidest and most legally detrimental things ever. And he's losing. So... I can't imagine that this pet project of his is going to go on forever. I mean, sooner or later, he's going to lose his patience with it because it hasn't brought him what he wanted the most, what he wants most in life always, which is attention and praise. And isn't he a smart little boy, which he isn't? It's so interesting because he is really the definition of getting internet, specifically Twitter, brainworms. But Twitter has now mm-hmm. been run by someone who has been infected by Twitter brainworms. So it's like this Ouroboros eating its own tail, getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Well, you know, in defense of the brainworms, he was bad. To oh, yeah. With, so. yeah. But I, I find it really interesting to see actually people recover from the Twitter brainworms. Mm. This is the thing. People are but... leaving Twitter now. And it's not just like individuals. It's corporations and charities like a lot of the queer charities I've worked with over this past year no longer have a Twitter presence. They're like, it's not worth it. People are leaving. It's too full of abuse. And it's not worth it for us to be on this platform. Like, one of the things coming up for our group, the London Leathermen, is we're talking about shutting down the Twitter. Like, proposing that as at the next meeting. One of the things when I left Twitter... And people were kind of stunned. I went from like 12,000 followers and just went, yeah, you know what? I'm done. I'll go have 50 followers on Mastodon or Mm. I I don't know how many followers I've got. I don't know how many likes I get. I used to know how many likes I got on every photo, on every post. Why am I performing labor for some entitled billionaire twat? Like, Like, ultimately, if a product is free, you are the product. So... 
if you're a popular person on Twitter, you are producing value for Elon Musk. And what are you getting in return for that? Nothing. Yeah. And it's, it's yeah. just pointless. And, like, this is a good jumping-off point to the two big places people are going. Like you've had a large amount of people go to Mastodon and a large amount of people going to Blue Sky. Yes. Lovely. Well, it's very I've interesting. I've tried both. Say, I, I'm on both because I've got profiles for the podcast on there. And my observation... And again, this is a sample size of one. Like, I don't know what other people's look like. More people on the demisexual end of the kinkster spectrum go to Mastodon, and more people on the allosexual spectrum go to Blue Sky. That's my observation I've made. For new listeners, why don't you explain what those terms mean? So, demisexual is sort of more... So if you think of sexuality as a spectrum, as we always say... A straight line. On one side you have the asexual where you are not physically attracted. You have demisexual where you need certain relationships to form before you feel attraction. And then you have allosexual which is when you form sexual infatuation just on sight or without knowing the person. Basically do you find them just like pictures of them physically attractive without any relationship? Are wonderful compics. Yes. Yeah, pretty much. We, we all need some of them in our lives. Yeah. And I've noticed the environments on both websites sort of diverge this way. It's like people who just like this rapid fire, like showing arse pics, showing dick pics, flirting back and forth that way, go to Blue Sky. People who flirt with like complex scenarios, talking back and forth, like more sort of interactive like tech space almost because like no there are definitely filthy videos on mastodon mm -hmm. back and forth tends to be the mastodon crowd and i found it very interesting how it's sort of separated this way well I, i've got a different take mm -hmm. on, on this and it's partly based on that international bellwether celebrity engagement <laughs> I've noticed that one of the key differences, I feel like I'm a comedian, so Mastodon be different. One of the key differences between Mastodon and Blue Sky for me is Blue Sky feels a lot more like people are trying to do Twitter-like stuff, which is screaming into the void or promoting something. Uh -huh. it's, it's not very personal and people don't engage on a deep level because it's, it's not really a place where people are looking to engage. It's a place where people are looking to talk or to listen before talking. On Mastodon, people engage on a very direct and intimate level, usually on passions they have. So like there are whole servers for the Leather and BDSM community, but there are also whole servers like tech.lgbt, which is for you know gay folks who are into technology, furry.engineer, for people in the furry fandom who are also engineers. It tends to be, there's a feed I follow called Low Quality Facts, and there's one joke <laughs> they made that just so sticks I with me. It. It's just most people from Mastodon are from the Technology Institute of Numbers. And it's, it's kind of true. We're very technical there. But what I also noticed is the celebrities who came over there got very uncomfortable very quickly and left. Like mm -hmm. Anthony Rapp in and then gone 
you know, one of my favorite authors, Peter Kleins as well. And the reason was they wanted to talk and project and promote. They didn't want to be engaged with. They didn't want people to like talk to them or, or other stuff. They wanted to just broadcast out whatever it is they wanted to broadcast out. And it got the level of engagement on Mastodon is so much higher. It became uncomfortable for them, but that's what makes it very comfortable for others because it's a very humanized, personalized system where people are actually talking to each other and trying to connect like the good old days of the internet. And it is this thing of Mastodon is designed around one-to-one communication building. And even through the podcasts, like official broadcast channel i've had very deep conversation made very good connections with people and it kind of speaks to the fact that twitter was both like twitter was where you went for your social connections but also to follow celebrities or brands or announcements or kickstarter projects and get it as sort of an information and news feed and again this is where this is divided mastodon really isn't good for that like it's good for personal connection but if you are trying to promote something it's not good for that and like we talk about Ah. celebrities but there's also like the side effect of small businesses small businesses are in trouble right now because they lived and died on like the attention they got on their twitter for their products and blue sky is probably better for that but I think that yeah, that's like, really difficult for people to understand. Like, it's the coming from Twitter and trying to do Twitter things and, and going, right, okay, this isn't a straight replacement for Twitter. This is wholesome, for one. <laughs> and, and well, you just said that there's more hole on, <laughs> on Blue Sky. But, no, like, there's, a, like, a massive wholesome vibe. <laughs> and you can still, I mean... What's uh, I mean? I, when we first talked about Twitter, you and I, Craig, mm-hmm. uh, when we when we did State of the Apps for the first time, we were talking about Das Algorithm, yeah, all in capitals, as as like this kind of massive problem. And actually, the the, the algorithm is what people miss most when they come to Mastodon. And and the kind of findability and the, oh, sorry discoverability is the term, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, uh, helping people to like you have to be the algorithm for your friends. If you if you want somebody, like you can't just reply, you can't just like something. You have to boost it. Yeah. Well, um, you I, can't quote like, boost it. If you are to go vi- quote unquote viral on Mastodon, it has to be the old fashioned way, which <laughs> is actually going viral, which is people pro- passing on. It's not an algorithm picking you up and promoting you. And right, and going viral is like fifty likes. Yeah. yeah, and there's a controversy over that whole, you know, <laughs> like versus boost. For a lot of us, like if I liked your post and it's of an adult nature, which it frequently is on Wolf Dot Group <laughs> and other servers. That's, for lack of a more tactful term, my spank bank. No, I'm not boosting my whole spank bank. Don't like have no. Also, I want to say, based on the earlier part of this conversation, if I ever write a scholarly work about blue sky, I'm going to call it a hole in the sky. It's going to be about porn on blue sky. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, I've talked to people on both, and like I know some friends who have gone to blue sky, and like they're just 
very slutty openly. But I've also had people where, because Mastodon has that extra feature of CWing and having more control of your audience, like you can do like friends-only posts, uh, they feel a lot safer posting more explicit stuff. Like, I know I do. It doesn't feel... Mm. And I think people should be wary of this. Because often that sort of safety or privacy on the internet can... It can be a bit of a trap. You're not as safe as you feel. But I myself yes. post much more explicit stuff on Mastodon knowing I can control through CWs and friend-only posts. Whereas I wouldn't feel comfortable doing that essentially out in the wide open on Blue Sky. There's also an additional feature that exists on Mastodon that does not exist in Blue Sky. <laughs> you can set an expiration date for posts after which they'll be deleted automatically. So if you're like posting a bunch of adult photos and you're like, oh, I don't know if this, I want this out there for like forever, you can set automatic content expiration, which I have running on my After Dark account, just to make sure that, let's say I lose control of my account or the server or something, that there's still some sort of a ticking timer to delete that content. You have a lot more control on Mastodon. Yeah. And in fact, actually... You can get your own instance for like six bucks on some hosts, and they do all the work for you. That's what I do. Your best admin is yourself. Yeah. Although, to be fair, Blue Sky have said in their case, if you mark a photo as explicit, you still need to at least be logged in to view it. Which, not much, but it's definitely a sort of barrier, which some people may, yeah. they feel a bit more comfortable with. Can get to adult content on Mastodon without logging in if it's posted out in the mm -hmm. clear. But that's why I tend to do like followers only for adult content too, is I also don't want it scraped. I don't yeah. want someone someday to type into chat GPT. I want an old, tired-looking information technology bear sucking on a dick. <laughs> and my face is the last thing I need for my career. Like, when did you do porn? I'll be like, never. Much. I keep thinking back to, again, this was when we, Bust and I first talked about this, is we had a talk about the great porn banning off Tumblr, which was happening at the time. And when that happened, pretty much everyone just, after a bit of indecision, went straight to Twitter as the next thing. Because it was already there, already had the huge user bases and you could post adult content there. That doesn't seem to have been the case this time because there are options, but there's no one which immediately has the size of user base, reachability, like pre-made connections, like people don't already have a lot of accounts about. So no one's quite sure where to go. It's like... One weekend, everyone was going to Threads and then realised... I was going to say, I was literally thinking, we have not yet mentioned Threads, which just talks oh. about how fucking irrelevant it is. Yeah. How quickly it's, it has become there's a reason completely it's irrelevant. After, there's a reason it's named after a movie about a nuclear disaster. <laughs> it's, it's Genuinely, not... whenever I hear Threads, I think of, I yeah. think of the first... I'm on my last threads. I'm hanging by a threads. It, it had, for its like first few weeks, an insane sign-up because obviously people could just port their meta accounts like from Instagram straight over. And so it had this enormous sign-up and then people realized, oh, this is... Shit. It's basically using the same algorithms as Facebook, so I'm not seeing my friends. I'm just seeing shit. Like anything, even vaguely sort of 
erotic, like art for nudity, getting banned, just like you do on Instagram. Because it is Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's just a it's just a front end into Instagram. That's why when early on, people were like, "I want to delete my Threads account." They're like, "Where did my Instagram go?" Yeah. Fun fact: yeah, Doctor Jekyll was Mister Hyde all along, and it had this a massive drop off just as quick as it had traction. I, I think that um, everything really gets this though. Like you get hype, you get fads. Uh, ultimately, Facebook. Like, there was a captive audience and there was a sudden spike in demand for an alternative, so people went. But that doesn't mean it's good. I mean, I I will say the problem with Twitter was shitty people. And if all those shitty people go over to threads... But still, like, the great Tumblr collapse... Like, Tumblr's talking about unbanning porn again now, and it's just like, yeah, but the damage is done. The community has been broken. Let's let's also go back to threads briefly here, because I brought this up earlier. We said we're going to wait on Federation, but we're in Federation <laughs> territory. Oh, threads, threads is kind of the, the war all offense, trying to force its nose into the tent right now with Mastodon and the Fediverse. They're really trying hard because there's that whole, for those of you who are not in technology, there is a, a sort of a axiom they use at Microsoft, the three E's. Embrace, mean taking mm-hmm. new technology in and accepting it. Extend, which means let's put in our own proprietary extensions that other people can't support to improve it, improve it in our estimation, but not share those back. And then extinguish, which is once this has become a completely proprietary thing under our control, we get rid of the original open standards so that you have to come to us, the people who want money. Mm-hmm. And this has happened before. You know, yeah, XM- Facebook Messenger used to run on the XMP standard, which meant it could communicate with any other messenger running on it. And then over time, everyone started just using Facebook Messenger. And then Facebook slash Meta pulled up the ladder and went, we're not supporting anyone else. If you want to keep on using it, you have to use Facebook Messenger. And everyone is afraid that they're going to do that again. Let's be clear about what was lost there. Just imagine a world in which, like, we're just about now seeing Apple put in, like... uh, basically like a basic CS for cross-compatibility and it's like we could have had a world where your Facebook Messenger could talk to your Apple iPhone messages, could talk to your Android messages, could talk to your WhatsApp, could talk to your Telegram and that was picked up and utterly destroyed as an active technique by Meta stroke Facebook in order to increase their market share and to reduce and, choice. It benefits large companies to collapse smaller companies. Which is why right now, to, to use a, a sci-fi metaphor, if the Fediverse is full of all these little ships full of people, you have never seen so many shields go up all at once. Admins <laughs> everywhere. Like, I know they're not here yet, but we're blocking them. Yeah. And my own instance included. I mean, there's... They're not oh, going to get the traction they want. We had a really interesting conversation about this. Sorry, Quake. Like, in, in the WoofDoc group... kind of moderation (laughs) chat to work out like what do we want our policy on this to be like i i i kind of personally kind of don't to some degree don't view it as much as a threat but it also it kind of is and 
actually like th this idea of just going like what value does it bring to our platform and it's just going it brings the shitty people to our platform all right okay numbers aren't important unless you're trying to justify something to venture capital i mean if we're not beholden to venture capital then numbers don't matter quality matters but, but the numbers is a good point to what i'm trying to jump off to which is so we talked about embrace extend extinguish as like a pattern of behavior most large tech companies do there's also another reason why i think they're so like open to embracing like federation which is they've kind of reached the limits of their captive audience because obviously and everything tries to be a walled garden and you keep people in there and you just try and get more and more people trapped into that ecosystem that's not happening anymore and even when they do you kind of reach a market saturation where you can't get any more people so if your entire business model is built on scraping and sucking up people's data to sell federation actually has its own appeal where you can go oh we can suck up and start selling off data from other social networks as well as our own <laughs> a lot about social media so let's get to the other kind of app so yes. the hookup apps or quote-unquote dating apps they're hookup apps <laughs> you know this this is maybe just a trend in my household but i haven't used any in forever and my partner got rid of his pretty much too and i'm hearing that from a lot of folks mm -hmm. there seems to be at least on this side of the pond i'm hearing a lot anecdotally from friends of just being fed up and saying ah, delete them all i'm done there's definitely a lot of that like i've i've never had much luck even getting like connecting to people like not even hooking up just like getting relationships i've never been that successful getting through apps my partner has my partner has a lot more success with apps than i do like i want to ruin this and say like Actually, since like I, I recognised that Twitter was like a massive, like in terms of my sex life, Twitter was connecting me with people who mm -hmm. then I'd meet at events, and then I'd know enough about them, we'd have enough established that there was mutual consent. We and it it, it kind of opened a lot of doors for me, and then leaving Twitter kind of made things a bit more difficult, and I was kind of very reliant on face to face events mm -hmm. and. Yeah, then COVID. COVID happened and all the shit since then. And it's just been... Actually, Recon has been the only place that has given me any... Like, I've, I've had a couple of really, really solid sessions with guys that I met from Recon mm -hmm. that was actually really easy to arrange. Like, there was none of the bullshit. And I don't know if I just got lucky or... It's actually that I'm only engaging with people like, okay, you've got a lot of profile text and you're cute and it's pretty clear early on we'll have some chemistry. But actually, like, I feel like I use Recon more than I used to. Yeah, you're not but, the only one. Yeah, like in the summer, like I had some really, really solid interactions with people and I feel like since Twitter has gone, since the dependency on Twitter has gone more people are using recon this is this is very london mm. specific but yeah i just feel like there's more i think people are, on recon people engage in good faith better than they do on twitter yeah there's still a whole bunch of pricks 
and I accept, like, as a dom, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna have a slightly easier time than subs do. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, I just wanted to kind of speak up on on behalf of on behalf of Recon and go like, actually, this has been really, really solid. Like, this is the thing, Recon is. There are still some rough edges that they've never been able to smooth out, but at the same time, like, it's where everyone is. You can message people, mm-hmm. you can share photos, even though, I'll be blunt, it's one of the things they need to update. Like, just uploading photos, the process to upload a photo on Recon is oh, yeah. awful. But this year, you saw sort of the rising balloon popularity of this new outsider called Sniffies. And there's also one launched locally, Switched. And I remember it being quite interesting because when Switched came out, Recon put out a press release saying, like, they are developing and renovating the app. And it needs it. Yeah. It's not a pretty app. Switched, to get, like, to, to speak to its, its success, like, it's stunning. It's a really nice app to be in but all I do is share pictures of the mind you on Mastodon all I do is share pictures of the dog like <laughs> there's no there's no sex happening on Switch and I was going to say I hope not on your after dark feed like when I was up in Manchester last it seemed like Switch had a lot more traction up there but yeah like here there's lots of people on it but it doesn't appear like anyone's actually engaging it's kind of stepped into this void almost okay as twitter's falling down it's stepped in but actually people are kind of getting over that kind of engagement i think like certainly in london yeah. we have so much more focus on face-to-face engagement now yeah i think that we need i think the pandemic there. shifted things mm. i think people really got fed up with, inter- with interacting online and i've mm-hmm. i've seen a lot more of people trying to connect more directly, more personally, you know, even if it's on Telegram, a lot of folks are talking about meeting up and connecting. Folks are still contact starved. It it took, you know, years to break themselves of the habit of being present with people physically. And now they're trying to, you know, reconnect those wires. And it's, it's a rough process. And I think that the cruise apps don't, scratch that itch you don't get a connection there you're mostly looking there for sex yeah and switch is quite clever because for those who aren't on it like one of the interesting features is it basically has a timeline where if you upload a photo it goes to the your friends and followers timeline like a social media but everything else is like hook like messaging and searching through profiles like a hookup app so it hybridizes those two things, and I think it does that very well. It's very slick. And I mean, its summary, mm. like I think its standout thing is is the kind of it gives you a an it, it, like you you put in your kinks essentially and say whether you're dominant or submissive, and whether you're just trying this for the first time, you're interested in something, or whether you're really experienced in something as a dominant sub, and it kind of spits out this kind of graph as it were, that's like a really aesthetically pleasing kind of blob that will be unique to you. And then what you're looking for is a kind of a mirror of your blob. If you're dominant and you're into these kinks, 
and it kind of divides the kinks up into sensory and dom sub and yeah, you know, kind of various kind of big categories within kink, and so it makes it much easier for you to see. Okay, yeah, this person's a sub that there'd be 100% sub listed on recon but actually the way that they see being submissive they're a they're a fist bottom they see that as being submissive but I'm not here to be a fist top I'm here to be a power top so I think that switched has this discoverability side of things which is amazing where you can see what people are into but there's the actually does that bring me closer together with people not really but then again not everyone's looking for like a deep connection some people just want a fast connection yeah Yeah, which and it's sort of it's essentially can they maintain and build a user base which is the big thing right now and they've got off to a very good start there's enough people like i have regular updates on my timeline on it people love posting photos it's almost kind of like people talk about it we've talked about it like twitter it's it's more like old instagram but you can post your dick which which the gays <laughs> love the gays love so mm-hmm. and it's and i feel like that kind of social media like what i was saying earlier about how twitter like what i lost when i left twitter was mm. this kind of like this kind of background level of like understanding of where people were at and Mm. kind of knowing like okay there's this guy that you've got a crush on or that you fancy who you know there's some mutual stuff but actually because on social media you know they're going through a bunch of shit at the moment and you see them out like it's not appropriate to try and hook up with them yeah like and and to kind of like you want to inquire after them and, and, and look after them and that kind of like I think brought a lot of the community together and I, I will say like Twitter really like house parties and stuff like that the stuff where the really fucked up fun kinky shit happens like if you get to know a group on or you know somebody on Twitter really really well and they're having a house party like that can be what gets it's what got me in in into a lot of kind of events and yeah, help me make proper face-to-face connections with people, and I think that there's that opportunity on Switch. Yeah, but yeah, apps are not really it right now. I feel like it's a weird thing to say. This is the state of the apps, and apps are ours. Well, again, it, it's if you're looking for those sort of deep connections, apps may not be. But if you're looking to like go around to someone's place and just bang the fuck out of them and leave, that's a different thing. And that's a good point to jump off on to the other one, which is Sniffies. I've heard of this, but I have not used this. Tell us about Sniffies. I have. Tell us about Sniffies, Arthur. So, at first you might go, why is it called Sniffies? Because it's not a pup play uh, meetup site, despite what you might think. Sniffies originally started as a website for underwear fetishists. Ergo, sniffing underwear. But it expanded and what's interesting about it is, to my knowledge, it's only web UI driven, mm-hmm. no apps. It shows you a map of everyone in your area who's logged into Sniffies, including anonymous people. It makes it very easy to be anonymous on there without an account. But you can have an account and share pictures if you'd like to. And it is like 99.9999% I want dick now. <laughs> 
pretty much. <laughs> Fetish hunting on there can be a challenge. It really tends to be more of the cruising and casual hookup type of app, but there is a bit of it on there. And like most services of its ilk, it has a tremendous number of links. And uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Yeah, and this is why I wanted to bring up it. It's been a bit of... It's been a surprise because it's naturally evolved from quite a limited small app and it's just gotten bigger. But the thing that really fascinates me is, as you said, it's just a website. It's what in tech development we call a progressive web app, which basically just means it's a website that can access things like your geolocation, microphone, and so forth, like a native app would. So you save it to your phone and you're essentially just saving a website link to your app menu. But from that point onwards, to you, the user, it'll open just like an app will, even though it's just a website. This is fascinating because progressive web apps, even though they're a great concept, have never made a dent. People like going to the app store and downloading an app. That's the behavior they're used to. So for people to just like naturally start to learn to use this for a hookup app has been fascinating because of course one of the big problems recon has and other apps is navigating the app store policies like like the reason recon has both the app store version but also recon x which you download for android separately is they cannot put that on the app store where people post pictures of themselves naked or having sexual yeah, ads. is worse for the, iOS. The app stores are like the really. I mean, there's some really interesting stuff around Google being sued by Epic, mm-hmm. and Apple have been sued by Epic for like App Store, App Store monopoly. Essentially. Oh yeah, but like App Store terms and conditions are such a control on kind of queer expression i mean this is going back this is what caused tumblr to ban porn it was literally apple going if you do not get rid of porn on your service we will ban you from the app store because that is not child friendly yeah yeah and but right now because these app stores have been so insular there is legislation moving in multiple countries Mm -hmm. to Fire them to allow the side loading of other app stores and Apple is just screaming bloody murder about well it'll be bad for security and stuff no doubt but at the same time y'all wanted to be the jailers and most people are looking to pick the lock on their cell at this point yep. they're pretty fed mm-hmm. up but yeah. it's also interesting for like the hookup ecosystem because I know Recon, what they've said about the new version of the app developing, like the big, shiny new one, is... It's been in development for 100 years. This is this, this is the thing. Like, this is the thing. It. I was involved in their UX mm. program and their beta uh, over five years ago at this stage. Yeah. Like. Well, this is the thing. They are saying the newest version that they're, they're planning to do will be like Sniffy's, where it's a progressive web app that you just download the link to and put it on your phone and what you're saying about kind of like yeah i i i feel like app stores in general like i do not want to go 
and download an app. I don't want to download the Nectar Card app so that it can follow me around and watch what I'm doing so that Sainsbury's can sell my data. I don't want to download, like, the... the the, the pet store that we buy the pet food from wants me to have this app and it's just like what permissions does it want everything and it's like go fuck yourself I do not want like I know that Recon is a queer owned business and knowing the people that own and run that business means I'm much more willing to have an app on my phone um, but like my preference would be I do not want to have uh, like I, I, I want to control my data. I want to control my information. And I don't want, like, I don't want to be tracked. And if that means I have to pay for shit, fine, I'll pay for shit. But, like, I'm, it's getting to the point of, like, the anti capitalist. Like, I don't really care about the concept of privacy. I care about how fucking creepy it is to, like, yeah. Google goes, hey, like, every now and again, it sends me this email going, hey, here's all the places you visited. And it's just not like, here's all the places that I masturbated looking through the window at you having a shower. Like, here's, here's, you went to Manchester, you went to Birmingham, like, you stayed at this hotel. And it's just not like, this couldn't be more creepy if it was delivered with, like, newspaper cut out, like, from headlines. You know, Orwell really didn't plan on people surveilling themselves willingly and going, no, 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 I have to be surveilled, otherwise it won't be as convenient. And this is one of the things is, we're talking about people's behaviour. If Sniffies can train people to get used to progressive web apps, that opens up a whole new door for, like, kinky apps. Like, I love the fact that train people. <laughs> Who's a good sniffy? Who's a good sniffy? I mean, Are you a good sniffy? Like, you are in training people to act the way you want. That That's it. That's the big dark secret. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and this is but, uh... interesting because it actually goes back to our discussion on algorithms mm-hmm. and social media. Because another mm-hmm. thing I, I just remembered that I've noted on Mastodon, and, and to some degree on Blue Sky is that there doesn't need to be an algorithm to get certain types of behavior going because people have been so conditioned by Twitter Mm -hmm. and other services to do it that they do it reflexively and they act like it's completely normal. Like some of the trolling behavior, some of the, the tone policing and other stuff that goes on, or the outrage. People seek out content to make them upset because they don't know how to interact with content that doesn't make them upset anymore. Mm. And often the best thing is just to walk away. Like, this is what kind of like, I found that Twitter was making me a terrible person. So I walked away and I'm much happier engaging with kind of like wholesome content. Recently, I've had a very similar experience with, um, so... You know, from time to time, I enjoy TikTok, but I find I frequently go through a cycle of enjoying TikTok and then deleting it off my phone for a long period. Because what starts to happen is I join because, like, there's a lot of good stuff around ADHD education. Like, a lot of good stuff there. And there are certain communities, like, to keep up with, which are on the platform, you know, as you do with every social media. But I find the media, like, the algorithm just starts feeding me stuff that gets me riled up Mm. which again story of every social media but it seems particularly pernicious on tiktok because it's stuff like 
This video of a Karen does something that'll rile you up. This video of someone saying awful that'll rile you something up. And it just makes me but, incredibly short-tempered because I'm constantly in this state of anger from seeing all this stuff. And because you watch it, because you get angry, they feed it to you more. But here's the thing. And I have deliberately taken steps to make sure I immediately swipe away, I immediately dismiss it, I block it, I make sure the algorithm isn't fed, and that stuff still mm. gets pushed to me. Yeah, that's why I won't use it. Yeah. You know? TikTok is, is one of the hard rules I actually have with my partner, which is when he tries to send me this stuff, even though I'm not on TikTok, I'm like, no. No, 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 no. You are not the proxy gateway for TikTok. I'm not on there for a reason. No TikTok yeah. videos. And well, YouTube Shorts like is a similar thing. I like I find myself scrolling just on YouTube Shorts, but YouTube has got to a point where it basically just shows me calming videos. It'll show me a 30-second video of somebody like cleaning rust off something, and it's really like satisfying. Mm. But but bracketed by that, five minutes of ads. No, and because I paid you for YouTube. Really premium, do anything. But that's you got the sense no. that something great got done, but really you just watched a video. It's the most yeah. Well, this is the thing. It's making it makes me passive. Mm. So we have to be conscious about what the apps in our life are are, are 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 making us into. Like, granted, like I know what to do if I've got a guy with a drone fetish who wants to be mindless and like mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just not like okay, I'm gonna feed you a never-ending reel of like I'm gonna put VR glasses on you and feed you a never ending reel of oddly satisfying machining content with like <laughs> I just there's a no routine for it. <laughs> <laughs> just like yeah, see this 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 work on, on a lathe and a mill and watch the chips fly everywhere Although, and like and then, that's and then so I relaxing. And I will splice the worst industrial accident short that has ever been made <laughs> by a production company like shake hands with danger right into the middle of it sorry one thing about those sort of restoration videos because i too love them but there's one thing that always bugs me which is the people who make them mill and create their own screws for the restoration i'm like even back then they were standard size screws there is no reason for you to be milling your own screws for this project (laughs) It's for Martha Stewart. She wanted artisanal screws, I'm sure. <laughs> We're getting off topic. Yeah. That's going to say, this might be an edge case. Like, I think... <laughs> <laughs> These apps, yeah, but they will make you passive. And then, yeah, that is also deactivating mm. you. That is also controlling your anger about the state of the world. That is also robbing you of the ability to make your own decisions. So resist we've come to the same conclusion we always did which is you should use digital services mindfully whether it's social media or hookup apps have an idea of actually what you want out of them and use them in that very specific way for that purpose and if your behavior does not serve that purpose you need to make sure you're changing your behavior away from that just like the, uh, you have to think about that all the way from Grinder, which is like if you're having lots and lots of conversations with people on Grinder and never actually meeting up, like it is not serving you. If it's not giving you what you need, then walk away. 
Yeah, I would say the, the thing I have to add that I haven't had previously, and this is a, a positive thing from social media, no less, watch your own behavior and also look for positive trends because I'm seeing that more and more the longer I'm on the Fediverse. I kind of gave up on Blue Sky because it wasn't engendering that behavior and outlook. But I find that when I'm sharing projects I'm working on, creative stuff, you know, media I'm very interested in, it's it's very restorative in a positive way when I'm posting on Masto. Mm -hmm. It's not about ego or look at me. It's here, I'm working on something, and I would love to sort of interact with other people in the community who's passionate about it. So you have to look for the good stuff, too. It's not enough to just say this is having a bad effect on me. No. Look for things that engender a positive effect in you, too, because they are out there mm. increasingly. You just have to be willing to experiment, like with all good things. Yeah. And obviously, to sort of cap off our talk about social media, it's like, obviously, a lot of stuff is up in the air right now. A lot of people are really craving the more physical, in-person connections again. But it's a very interesting time because we're sort of in a hot period of people trying to find a new way of existing on the internet because the old way has basically buckled under its own pressure. Mm. So it's interesting times. Like, oh gosh, I as a millennial love living through interesting times and totally unprecedented events again and again and again. See, hey, I, I lived was a through teenager. the Cold War. Y'all, y'all kids, <laughs> I had to live. I had to go uphill in the snow both ways in the cold. <laughs> when I was a teenager, okay. I used to wish to live in interesting times because I felt like life was so fucking boring. And now it's just a, like, I take it back. I take back everything. Just give me a dull, competent government that never really achieves anything but doesn't really screw anything up either. Give me press. <laughs> Accidented events. Yeah. So yeah, it is interesting times. And the next time we do this, probably in a year's time or so, it'll be interesting to see what our predictions have come true and where things have gone. So yeah, until then, as always, listeners, play safe. And I also hope you have a wonderful 2024. <laughs>